Come on, buddy. Get with the beat. Gazzy? You better believe it. They do the bop, bop. They do the bop, bop. One, two, three, four. Keep it up. They do the bop, bop. They do the bop, bop. When it comes to safaris, we go wild. <laughs> oh, my back is sore from lifting up the back is sore. Dig it. Dig it. Down the land. I am Warden Wilson Mutua, and I am happy to welcome you to W Radio. Your information station. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the WDW Radio Show, your Walt Disney World information station. I am your host, Lou Mangiello, and this is show number 206 for the week of January 23rd, 2011. The newest and one of the most thrilling attractions in Walt Disney World immerses guests in an experience that takes them deep into the story of the Harambe Wildlife Reserve and even deeper into the wild. Disney's Wild Africa Trek is a three-hour guided adventure that clips you into a harness and onto a lifeline as you traverse rickety bridges above crocodiles and hang over cliffs overlooking a hippo pool, all with spectacular views of the African savanna. I had a chance to go on this journey recently, and we'll review this new species of Disney attractions in this week's roundtable, as well as bonus video content. I'll have a few announcements, then play some more of your voicemails at the end of the show, so sit back, relax, and enjoy this week's episode of the WDW Radio Show. When we talk about coming to Walt Disney World, we think about things like overlooked experiences and hidden treasures and things to do beyond simply the attractions, the shows, and of course, the world-class dining. It took that long to get food into the conversation. A lot of people may not realize about many of those types of experiences beyond what takes place in the theme parks and on your park map. And there are so many different ways to experience Walt Disney World beyond that from going to the resorts and exploring downtown Disney. But what a lot of people, I think, don't realize is that Disney itself has a lot of add-on types of experiences in, in terms of backstage tours and things you could do to add on or plus your vacation. Well, Disney just introduced the newest adventure in the parks, and it's the new Wild Africa Trek at Disney's Animal Kingdom, where explorers go on an all-new adventure that takes place in and around the Kilimanjaro Safari and Harambe Wildlife Reserve area. I had a chance to get a sneak peek of the Wild Africa Trek just days before it opened, and a couple of friends happened to join me as well. I want to welcome Larson and Stephanie to the show. Jumbo, everyone. Jumbo. Uh, Quaharini, Asante San. I, I'm sure they'll start. Quaharini's goodbye. Goodbye. Well, <laughs> thanks very much for joining us, everybody. Quaharini, Asante Sana, Squash Banana. So. That's what I thought. So yeah, we um, we had a chance to be invited to a special sneak peek of this Wild Africa Trek experience, uh, something that's been rumored that's been coming for a long time, 
And I was excited about it because I like these types of add-on experiences. I came in with certain expectations of what this might be, but was blown away by what we saw. Disney's now taken reservations for a three-hour expert-led adventure that, according to Disney, immerses guests in the realms and wildlife thrills of far-off Africa. Of course, without leaving the Walt Disney World Resort, there are small groups that enjoy up-close and personal experiences with African wildlife species that make their home in the Pangani Forest, as well as other parts of the Harambe Wildlife Reserve. So when I read that and I heard about that, I came in with an expectation that, okay, maybe we would wander through the safari a little bit, maybe do a little rope bridge like Tom Sawyer Island, uh, see the reserve from different angles. But I, and you guys tell me what you felt, I was blown away by what we saw and what we did because it far exceeded what what we, what I had come to expect. It completely exceeded my expectations. Um, just like you said, I thought it was going to be a, you know, maybe, maybe, you know, you walk around, you see the animals a little closer, get a little bit more taking pictures, but it was one of the best experiences I've ever had at Disney. Well, I mean, they, they say three hours. What, what We started at what? Like about noon? And we didn't get done till about 4.15, I think it was. Um, so I don't know if that's typical of what it's going to be, but for us, it was it was unbelievable. I mean, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, let's kind of take people through what happened. And you guys correct me along the way because there was so much going on. I'm sure I'm going to get it out of sequence. Uh, we checked in in a new area located uh, sort of to the right of the Tusker House by the cannon where the fort is. By the dollar bar. And the first surprise that I got of the day was when they took us down past the beach um, going around the, the Discovery River and to a hut where we were decked out in trekking gear. We had on our, we had harnesses on and a vest and carabiners and water bottles and everything sort of had to be strapped on to us. Yeah, giving you an idea of what may come because they said, if you can't strap it onto your vest, check it in the locker. It was very hard for Lou and myself and Larson to let go of our iPhones. It, it was hard. Even at one point, Lou said he missed his iPhone. But it was it was it was really cool. You got to walk through this. You, you basically started in an area that no guest has ever really been to. So you, your first experience is something completely different. So they walk you by the river and you go through and there's like this hut set up where you put everything away in lockers and you put on. You, first they have to weigh you, which don't I didn't look. <laughs> um, but then you put, get your vest on. They hook you all up. You get an actual earpiece so you can hear your guide throughout the entire time that way. Because if you're, you, you're, you're some parts you're busy through Harambe, some parts you're in the woods. You're not going to be able to hear everything. Just a small conversation. So you actually get to hear everything and see and get a full-on experience that you can't get when you're on Kilimanjaro safaris. And the cool thing was you weren't taken to really a backstage area per se. You were kind of led into the jungle. You're led into the into the brush down by the beach into this area that they cleared away to build this new outpost, basically, where you are going, you know, you're definitely going on some sort of exploratory adventure. And it was at that point that I started to feel, and we all said this along the way, that you're no longer in Walt Disney World. That's really where the experience began. I mean, they also had kind of demo, I guess you call them demo bridges, which really don't do the rest of the tour justice. Because you get on this thing, you're like, all right, this is kind of cool, and, well, we'll talk about it later, but you get on the actual bridges, and and it's just, it's stunning. I don't think there's really any other words for the whole tour experience as a whole. Um, It's just stunning, yeah. 
Yeah, and, and the bridge, you know, I expected something like a barrel bridge, like Tom Sawyer Island. This was raised up, <clears throat> excuse me, maybe five, ten feet off the ground. And he said, okay, this is sort of just to get you comfortable with walking over the bridge. Uh, it's like what you see. You know, I'm thinking uh, Indiana Jones when you're crossing the cavern and not all the planks are there and there's a net underneath you. He said, well, if you're comfortable with this, the real bridge is going to be much higher. So I said, all right, they're just sort of playing it up for the story and for the effect. But when we got out there, that's exactly what it was. When we got out there, it was it was crazy. You're crossing over over the hippos and over the actual safari vehicles. Before you even get to that point, when they take you kind of through the Pangani Trail, it, that doesn't prepare you for what you're going to witness because you're going through areas with other guests, and other guests are kind of, as you're walking <laughs> through, people are looking at you like, who are these people with these big vests on, with all this gear. It's like, like I thought it was just going to be another day at the park. Why are these people doing this? Do I have to get into one of those too? So, and that's kind of a cool part. You kind of feel like a you know mini celebrity for a little bit, um, but at the same time being extra extra rugged. Um, so, you know, you go look at the gorillas, and then all of a sudden you get to this one point. It's a little little kind of gate, um, and and that's it. You're you're in the brush, and and you're moving branches out of the way, and it's uh, yeah. You, and what they did too, and they carried this through to the very, very end, which I was really impressed about and definitely added to the experience was once you don that vest, according to them, you were not in Walt Disney World. You were not in a theme park. This was not a fake safari. You were in Africa and the guides lived in Africa and they sort of wanted to immerse you in it. So you kind of bought in very quickly into where you were supposed to be and what this was supposed to be all about. Um, so when you talked about it being in the land of African Animal Kingdom. No, you are supposed to be in Africa, and she was a guide at the, at the Harambe Reserve. But you're right, when we walked through the trail and then went through that first gate, you literally started walking through the fern and the bamboo and the vine forest, not on a paved pathway, but on a footpath that, as one of the first people who've been through it, is not very, you know, and I don't mean not well laid out, but is not very well defined because we are some of the first ones to go through it. The, the entire time I was thinking, how is this guide knowing exactly <laughs> where to take us? I, I didn't, you know, you kind of have to put your trust in them that, that they've kind of, you know, gone over this a, a whole bunch of times. Um, but it's, it's very, it's a little off-putting when you're like, all right, how do I know which, do I go left, do I go right? Um, am I going to be led to alligators this way? And, you know, is there, um, I don't know, hy- hyenas in the bushes <laughs> just waiting for me? Or, you know, what's going on? It's, it's, it's very, very, very cool. Yeah, and, and certainly you got to say at the outset that for this excursion, you definitely need to be very mobile. Uh, it is not handicap accessible. It's for guests who are eight years of age or older. And when you do it, um, and we're going to post a video sort of taking you through it as well, you'll see why, because you are not going through clearly defined areas. And then once we go through that brush, there's a lot of storytelling going on. There are uh, things that you stop and see along the way that add to that story. And then you get to the first area where you take off your carabiner clip and you clip into a harness uh, onto a safety line and you sort of lean over uh, the Safi River and almost sort of hang over the, the cliff a little bit, uh, taking a look at the hippo pool and the vultures and the birds. But there was never a sense of fear or danger because that vest and that clip is very, very empowering. And you certainly felt very safe right from the outset. Exactly. Um, 
it was really cool taking the te- like the tether cord that you're attached to and really going as far as you can, leaning over. And I don't like leaning over tall <laughs> things that I could. F- and I never, not once was I afraid. And you know, the one of the one of the guides that you meet along the way brought the hippos right. They were so close to us, closer than I'll ever probably ever get to a hippo again. And, you know, throwing food at them, and you actually see their mouths. And they were actually, at one point, like, playing with us. You know, coming up, they said we were looking and had our cameras ready. And then as soon as they were about to take a picture, they went right back down. And it was just fascinating to be that close and to realize I've been on the other side of that river hundreds of times on, you know, the safari ride and never having that experience before. And that's, and that's what I was going to say, is watching those vehicles go by and people pointing at you and being like, all right, well, how do I get up there? Um, and I think that's what's going to drive this tour and what's going to make people really, you know, um, ask questions and, and really want to do it. The fact that you can see all of this going on from those safari vehicles. Um, un- unbelievable. Yeah, and you're definitely in areas that, like I said, on the opposite side of where the safari vehicles go, sometimes on the same side. We'll talk about how you're going over or where the safari vehicles are at one point. But you're definitely going into areas that are normally inaccessible to guests. When you're going through those bamboo forests, and it's very dense. I mean, you definitely have to sort of, you know, you wish you had a machete to sort of chop it away, but you're, <laughs> you're pushing it away. And that added to the fun, and you hear everybody going, oh, man, this is so cool. Definitely. And it's funny because if you don't pull some of those branches apart and leave them there, they will. I smacked Larson a couple times accidentally because he was walking behind me with the branches going. Was it really accidental? It was accidental, I promise. Larson and Stephanie are engaged, by the way. (laughs) And he still loves me after I. Oh, shush. After I smacked the brush in his face. But you really. You felt like you were going. You felt like you were on a nature hike. You felt. I felt like I was in the woods somewhere. And I mean, I was, but I didn't feel like I was in the woods in Disney World. You're seeing things from a very different point of view, and going from each step of the way, everything flowed very well. You know, from the hippos to the next adventure part. You know, it everything it had a, a very smooth transition, and the guides were very helpful along the way. You know, finding different animal carcasses, so to speak. I, I don't mean animal; I mean you know bones <laughs> like that. Like they have the skull of a um, crocodile along the way, and there's bones and different explanations for how they were and there's definitely that educational feel but I think for kids they won't feel like they're getting education stuff down their throat you know it's a very exploratory I think more as educational and the guides know so much about everything and they didn't break character once they really stood with it and that was very impressive yeah you see things along the way that are foreshadowing things that you're going to see later on in a completely different light in a completely different context and you're right about the keeping in character and keeping in the story of where you are and what you're seeing. And we should mention here, too, that the groups are very, very small. Our group was about 12. I think that's what they're probably going to want to keep it around. And there were two guides. Uh, There was a guide who was leading the front. There was a guide behind who you could talk to and ask questions, telling the story along the way. And something else that they did, too, from the very beginning, and I thought it was maybe for our group, but it's something that they do for all the groups, is... One of the guides has a digital SLR camera who is taking photographs along the way, not just of the animals and the path and and the rope bridges, but of you as well. Very candid shots of everybody, and if if they see that you're part of a family or a group trying to do stuff for you together. And we were talking with some of the Imagineers afterwards, and I said this was brilliant for a number of reasons. Number one, it because of the type of trek this is, There are lockers at that first outpost where you need to put in 
your backpack, your laptop, whatever. We even put in, like Stephanie said, my phone, which is very hard to part with because of the type of experience you're going to do. So you didn't have to worry about bringing the camera and trying to take pictures of every animal and every prop and every location that you visited, as well as taking pictures of your wife and your children and whatnot. And I think, too, it enhances the experience because for me it was very liberating because I didn't have to worry about missing anything because I was looking totally at my phone. Yeah, totally I, was, I didn't have to worry about taking pictures and viewing it through a lens. I was viewing it through my own eyes, and I wasn't distracted by wanting to tweet or post a picture to Facebook. I was very much immersed in the experience, and at the end, I was very grateful for that. Yeah, it's very rare that you get that kind of experience at Disney, The you know, the, I say these days. Um, because, yeah, we are so connected and need to be attached to and, and almost tethered to our phone. And now you're just tethered to a metal bar <laughs> and can lean over the edge and, and view hippos and view um, crocodiles and all this other kind of stuff. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I didn't realize that, like you were saying, we were talking to the guys afterwards and... All their, um, all the guides are not just trained on where to take you and how to take you, and um, they're trained in CPR and first aid. Um, they're trained to use the, the the cameras so that they can all get those pictures of you. Uh, and it's and it's. If I were back in a cast member again, I would definitely something that I would definitely go out for because it seems like it'd be a lot of fun and very um, very rewarding. Yeah, and we're seeing it really sort of a. At a test and adjust phase, I mean, today was really the first day they've started to do this. And you can see how well prepared they were, not just to tell the story and take you through, but with the equipment, they gave you that sense of security. They were able to answer questions about the animals. So they are very, very well prepared for what this offers. Because there's a lot of different aspects to it. There is sort of, you know, creating your own trail through the brush and then clipping on and looking over the hippo pool and then you get to the next area and it you know we don't want to sort of tell the story and ruin the story for you but the next next aspect of the story forces you to get up onto a platform and you look across and you look across the river to the trucks going down below the crocodiles down below and you cross I mean how long was that span of bridge maybe would you say I don't know 100 Uh, feet it must have been and, yeah. and it felt, I, I, unfortunately, I feel like it went by fast. Like, I was, all of a sudden, I looked up when I was walking. I was like, oh, I'm already past halfway. Like, I had to, like, stop and be like, click, click, click as many times as I could. But And I think the other thing, too, that got me, and, and the guys even, you know, found this as well, and, and they're still new to this as well, was all the sounds that they were saying. The hippos, this, this kind of um, growl, almost mooing sound that they make. You don't hear that when you're on a safari vehicle. Um, and like the the alligators make like a hissing sound. It's it's bizarre and it's different. Um, and like I said, just something that you don't get to experience when you're I don't when you're say here. intimate. But that's I guess, I guess the only word that I get, that comes to mind is you really. It's not that you're having that connection with the animals, but you're having that connection with the Harambe Reserve. I mean. You really feel, you feel the, you know, they, they talk about everything, you know, the whole circle of life. They really talk about how the insects do this and how every, you know, and how every, how the plant life is so important. And they stop and show you things along the way you wouldn't even consider thinking about while you're on the safari. So it really takes that extra step to show you why these things are so important from, from the termites to the lion. Yeah, and certainly it's obviously a much slower pace. This is a three-hour adventure, so when you stop at the hippo pool, 
you're talking to somebody who's feeding and caring for and learning about the hippos along the way and you're there for an extended amount of time so whether you want to take pictures or you want to learn it's it was such you might because people say well i've done this harambe i've done kilimanjaro safari you know i've been through those not like this not like like, and there are areas you go to here which you don't even come close to on the safari it, it, that's exactly it. I mean, even just with looking over the hippos, you're on this. It's not a platform because it's ground. And you're looking over this cliff and you're looking and you see so much that you would never see driving by. You're not just looking, you're leaning. Like you're leaning because you feel you've got that sense of comfort with the best. But also you lean over and you can see the pool on the other side and you see the hippos over there. And it's just everything is so, you just feel so much a part of it. I guess that's the best way of putting it. And then when you get to that extended rope bridge, it's like watching, you know, Travel Channel or Discovery Channel. Everybody was so excited to do that. And you can sort of take your time along the way. There's sort of one person on a bridge at a time so you can look down at the safari vehicles going under you. And as you get to the next extension of the bridge, you're literally 30 feet above Nile crocodiles. Yes. And I think that was probably one of the coolest things is I have a really cool picture I took where I'm walking over the Nile crocodiles through the rope bridge taking a picture of it and going 30 feet below me are jaws that could <laughs> eat me alive but it's just and you don't feel scared no you don't feel scared and that's the, the but difference. the theming at the same at the same time with the boards that are broken, broken. you know <laughs> as you're walking over because they actually they're they're strategically broken um but that was that was very very cool to see jagged jagged um boards underneath you and it is you know there's a net underneath but but still for that split second you look down and you're like all right this could this board could break at any second and i'm dinner yeah you definitely have to have a very adventurous spirit to do this that that is who this is made for because it's so thrilling it's so it's not scary but it's so exhilarating and again there's the uh guide on the opposite side of the bridge taking pictures of you as you're walking across so you don't have to worry about you know, the dad taking pictures and never being in, 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 in any of them, as I can attest to doing, although I'm always taking pictures of garbage pails and, you know, <laughs> the ground. Um, but again, that's sort of, we were talking about before, that took that pressure off you. And you lost, like, I very much lost a sense of where I was in the park for a while. I didn't, I sort of, my sense of direction was lost. And then as you walked through the brush again, there's this great, amazing reveal of the savannah. And you start seeing the Kilimanjaro safari trucks going on. But again, a completely different view than what you get in the, in the vehicles. Yeah. And you, I mean, I think the only way at certain points you know where you are is if you is by the ride. Like when you're on the bridge, you know where you are because you can see the vehicles. But when you're walking back through, you don't, you don't know exactly where you are. And then you see, come like you were saying, you come across and it's this overlook of the safari. And it is just breathtaking. It is absolutely breathtaking. And I can't. I mean, I, I remember getting off, getting off of the the bridge, and being like, "That was so cool!" I don't. And they're like, don't, "It's not done yet. Yeah. Keep going." And literally, you walk, I guess, what another five minutes or so, and it's just beautiful. And I'm like, "Honey, get the camera, get the camera, get the camera." <laughs> that was that was something that kept going through my head at each stage of the process. Was how are they going to top this? And at every single point, they did. Something else came up that we were just like, all right, we thought that was cool. No, this is the coolest part of the, the t- trek. No, this is the coolest part of the trek. So, Well, and that's – so for me, it was a series of surprises because, again, I came in with an admittedly very incorrect idea of what this was going to be. I thought we'd sort of walk around the safari maybe a little bit and maybe go overlooking the hippo pool and sort of see the safari from a different angle. So 
when we saw the reveal of the safari and they told us to take off our vests and whatnot, I said, okay, this was really cool. This was awesome. This must be the end. Maybe they'll put us on a safari, you know, bus of our own and go through. But no, because they take you to a platform where there is a custom, open-air, very small vehicle. It's not a Kilimanjaro safari truck. It's a much smaller vehicle with bench seats in the front and on the sides. No canopy roof. It's wide open. And yeah, eventually get a canopy. But it was nice for us today because it it was nice and cool today too. So, but it was. And you don't follow the Kilimanjaro safari path. So if you've ever been on the safari and see these roads that go off in different directions with these little you know patches of dirt, those are some of the paths that you go on. So you're going to see the animals and different animals from very different views. You get to stop a little bit longer, too, and really get those good photo opportunities. So anybody who's into, you know, photography, videography, definitely something to think about because you you will get that opportunity that I'm sure you've wanted. And even if you're not into photography, what's really nice is since you're saying about how one of the tour guides takes their pictures, I mean, at one point she was like, do you want to get it with that animal in the background? I'm like, sure. You know, so it's a really cool picture that... I think the only other place I'd get that would be Africa. And I'm not planning on traveling that far anytime soon. And no malaria here, which is nice. (laughs) And I don't have to get shots, and I really am not a fan of needles. So, I mean, but it was just so engaging and the, and, the, and the guides were so you know do you have any questions about the human oh yeah why is that that's an excellent question and they went through all of the reasoning and then gave more background information that you could ever just know these guys are so well educated and they really know everything that they're talking about yeah it's the you know as great as the Kilimanjaro safari is and how as educated as the guides are you can't really interact with them very much because you're sitting in the back here you're able to ask questions they have such a deep understanding of the landscape and the animals and the foliage and every aspect of it. And, I mean, I'm telling you, it, it made the story they were telling about being in Africa so much more believable. That's what I was going to say is that they stayed in character even while answering those questions. Um, so it was, you know, they had like little anecdotes like, oh, two weeks ago I was, you know, I, I, I got a chance to see that, that baby for the first time or, you know, whatever the case may be. But you got the feeling that they really, they live here. Yeah, you know. for a second, I'm starting to think, oh, maybe that, and then I had to stop and go, wait, I'm in Disney. You know, they really, they, and it wasn't, you know, it didn't seem like they were acting at all. I mean, they seem very passionate about what they do, and that, that makes a very big difference. Yeah, and certainly there's elements of this that were such surprises for us. I don't want to spoil for those people who are going to do it. Um, but there is, you know, again, when you think it's about to be over, it's not. And there is, there's a huge payoff at the end. Yeah. There's a great payoff at the end, a great surprise that you don't expect. And at the very minimum, you will see the savanna in a way that you've never seen it before. And without, I, I don't know how <laughs> right, to do it. Like, it away. Like, I don't <laughs> want to give it away, but I, all I can say is it was one of the most beautiful sites that I think everyone should experience. It's another thing that you will never see without being in Africa. Um, it's a different way to see the animals and really watch their, you know, while relaxing. I'll try and leave right. that. You know, it is very, it's a it's a more luxurious payoff as well right. with really nice bathrooms. Um, <laughs> but it's, it's ama- it simply is amazing. I mean, there's an extra part of it that is there that you don't know about when you get there. But even without that extra part, absolutely amazing. It's it's definitely something that will will um, all of all of your senses 
will be very, very, <laughs> nice. very, like very that. happy. Yeah, <laughs> very happy. Um, it was, yeah, unbelievable. Yeah, but you're right. You know, it, you, there was obviously a lot of walking involved. I never felt tired. I never felt rushed. I never felt like, oh, my God, that is the biggest hill ever. I'm, you know, I feel like I'm walking a marathon. But you're right. It, it's punctuated by a very relaxing, very elegant way to end it. And you sort of come down from that and you talk with the, the new friends that you've made. Because I love the fact that it is a very intimate group of no more than a dozen um, and, yeah, well, yeah, right, the bathrooms are really nice there, too. But, um, you know, again, it was one of those unexpected surprises. Like, I, I think for all of us, the whole trek was. I agree. Um, I, wasn't exactly, I wasn't exactly wearing trekking shoes, um, but I don't think it mattered. Um, I literally, I felt, I didn't feel uncomfortable at any point in time. Um, you know, you're on your feet for a good part of it, but you don't feel it because I think... The excitement of what's happening really carries you through. And, I, again, I think the transitions from step to step were very, very smooth. Um, everything was taken very easily. The guides, it's like they they, already, they knew everything of what to do. Right now we're going to do this. Okay, sit here. It was very smooth. Um, and it did not feel like over three hours. Right, and they say it's for guests who are ages eight and over. I certainly think an eight-year-old can do it. My seven-year-old daughter forget my five-year-old son <laughs> would lose his mind yeah, on this yeah. they would so it definitely is for guests of for the most part all ages to do and there's not you know again as long as you are able to walk and, and be mobile um there's a lot to enjoy here i mean that's pretty much all that there there can be i've said unbelievable i don't know how many times throughout this entire this entire thing but that's really what it boils down to it was an unbelievable unbelievable experience everybody kind of was looking at each other and going oh this is so cool <laughs> this is awesome you guys rock like talking to the cast members and the imagineers and they're like well yeah we do this every day here in africa i'm like dude come on just go with me exactly i mean i i don't know if there's anything that i really can compare as an experience in disney um done a lot of backstage things growing up but there's something very different about that because it wasn't backstage. It is a guest area. Um, and the fact that it's not, it's, it, you feel special doing it. You feel like you're doing something that you, you, I mean, obviously we're some of the first people that have done it, but to know that this is something like, I'm like, okay, when, when are we doing this again? Like I, it's not something that you, it's not something that I do once and be like, okay, scratch that off the list. Like that's something that I think is totally worth doing with friends and family. And, and I mean, if Larson and I went and did it by ourselves, I think it's a really fun experience to have that, that should be had. If you are able, I mean, it is a lot of walking and you have to be able to, to, to walk and to try climb hills and everything like that, but and they give you a bottle of water uh, and they right, yeah. so they're they're making sure you're okay oh, along yeah. the way. Yeah, I mean, and and the um, the audio aspect of it too, with that with the headset and and the fact that not even just the the guide speaking, but the fact that her microphone was picking up just the ambient noise, I think was very cool. And that's all that I thought it was in the beginning when they flip it on and you're like, all right, well, I hear the wind blowing and I hear birds chirping. And But the fact that, you know, in addition to that, it also served the purpose of being able to hear the tour guide the entire time was, was very, very cool. And something that when I first heard about this, I had thought a lot about as we were going through it and I talked with the Imagineers, I talked with the cast members about, which was because we were in plain view of those guests who are on the safari, I said, how is this going to impact 
their experiences? How is it going to impact the experience of those who are riding safari? Are they going to be saying, well, hey, what are those, you know, why are those people there? What are they doing that's so special? But fortunately, I think this is something that um, can very much be an impulse thing to do. Say, they'll see guests who are doing this and they're walk, <clears throat> excuse me, walking through and on these safety lines and with the harnesses and be like, that is awesome that they're walking over this bridge and they're walking over the crocodiles are. When they come off the safari, there will be a cast member there who's in that same vest who is well-versed in this experience. And while you can't say, hey, I want to do this right now because of certain aspects of the tour, you can go to guest relations. And if it's 9 o'clock, maybe you can't go to the 10 o'clock tour, but maybe you can go on a 12 o'clock or 1 o'clock tour. They're still working out the times and the logistics of how it's going to work. But I think this is something that, and you guys tell me if you think differently, won't make those guests feel, well, hey, why are they so special? It's, hey, that's something else that I can do to add. And if you've done the safari and you love the safari, I mean, I do, my kids do, this is a perfect add-on kind of experience. And I, I think that it's going to be, I think it's going to be very, the, what I said the entire time, this is going to be incredibly successful. This is going to, people are going to want to do this because, it really gives you an in-depth look at something that you can't get right now. I mean, you can't get that. But the safari is one of—it's one of the most popular attractions here. It takes it that extra step. And for people that have come to Animal Kingdom and said, "I've been there, done that, I've done it a hundred times," what else is there? This really takes it that extra step. And it's nothing that you could ever get bored on because, especially with the animals. I mean, there's different animals at different times. We got really lucky. I've never seen the lion look up, the male lion look up. That he was like posing for our pictures. He stood up there, and, we, and because we were on that special vehicle, we could stop and we could stay there. And we and the guides were like, "Okay, everybody, make sure you get your pictures." You know, he waited for everyone to be okay before we could move on. And there were binoculars on board for everybody as well, too. Nice the, 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 uh, I think it was really cool was when we were in one of the secret locations. Like, that's all I really will say. Um, to see, you know, a, gir- a baby giraffe running. You don't, you don't see that. Towards you. Yeah. You, 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 don't, you don't see that. It was like In a typical safari. Um, I got a chance to see the warthogs. Very rarely did I, do I see the warthogs when I'm going on a safari. I just know... All right, that's where they are, but they're not talking about it because they're not out right now. But but we sure enough we we saw all of that stuff, and I mean the lions that was cool too. We and got the a great traffic jam. The ostrich traffic jam was hilarious. This ostrich was not letting our car pass, so we had to back up and find another. And we went sort of off road and, and sort of made our own path as you do as you're walking through the trek. But let me ask you this: so uh, right now it's in the introductory phase. Uh, the pricing is going to vary for the adventure seasonally, and we don't know exactly what that pricing structure is going to be. Right now, between now and February 26th, 2011, you can take advantage of introductory offer starting at $129 per person. So my question to you guys is, for $129, do you think it's worth it? Do you feel like you're getting good value for that? If I would have heard $129 before we did it, I would have said, nah, it's a little steep. Um, but for, for everything that we got and the experience that you get and, and the views that you get, um, I, I'm almost willing to say it's a steal for, wow, for 100, $129. I mean, seriously, it's, it's, you're going to get an experience unlike you've ever had before, I think, in Animal Kingdom. And I'm the accountant of the family, so it would go through <laughs> me first. And I would say definitely. Um, beforehand, 
I, I it, again, I would have, especially since I believe in February the price is going to go up to one hundred and eighty dollars. Um, I'm talking with um, one of the Disney officials that was on the tour with us, and is, is one hundred eighty dollars worth it? Absolutely, and I don't like spending if I don't have to. <laughs> and I have to say that I'm. I think it's something that you should plan for. I think it's something that you should book put, put before. I mean, as much away. as it's going to be an impulse buy, I think it's something that you should definitely prepare for because it's something that you're going to want. You know, hey, I'm, I'm an eater too. I'd love to spend that money on a, a dinner at a Blue Zoo or at the Yachtsman. <laughs> but at the same time, I, I, I would take that money instead and put it towards this because that – that was simply amazing. Right. I think, you know, one of the questions I get is, listen, we've been to Disney so many times. I'm looking, how do I, you know, find a way to do something special for my son for his birthday or my wife for anniversary or my mom and dad? They've been here a thousand times. They've done it all. This is one of those things. And you're right. You know, if you go to a very nice dinner at one of the signature restaurants, you may, listen, if you go with me, that's how much I'm going to spend on dinner just because <laughs> it's the way I eat. But instead of doing something like that, this is a great alternative to that. And you come away with a great memory, a unique experience. They give you a photo pass card with all of the pictures on it. how much those pictures would be ordering right. them, you know, let alone taking them yourself. And it, whether you're using film or using digital, you still have to pay to get all of those. Take You're getting that all perfect. I mean, these guys are professionally I trained. Think, I think they said they took about 300 shots yeah. the entire oh the entire God. time. And normally it's, what, $18 a picture or $9 a picture or I think something. the CD is like, is a CD $99 somewhere oh, around there? But there's them. also, right, and they also said they're going to add on additional sort of other pictures of the animals and, and the savannas and some of the other areas that we went to as well. So that's what you'd pay. You'd pay what? At least half, because you said it's it's a ninety nine dollars. I, I believe so. Roughly. So so you're paying one hundred twenty or one hundred twenty nine or one hundred eighty nine, whatever the, the case may be. So at a hundred dollars for just the tour, it's. I mean, it's it's worth it. That, I mean, that's crazy. Like, look, you're not going to do it every time you come here. No. But this is certainly one of those. Special experience, if just like a backstage for, tour. And, right. Special. If you're looking for something to make your trip special, do this. Again, it's like a backstage magic or undiscovered future world or a Segway tour. And if you like animals and you like Animal Kingdom, and I still say it's not a half-day park, it's a two-day park. I'll reference in the show notes the, where I make my argument on a previous show. This really shows you the beauty of this park. Absolutely. And, and it's beauty that you think you've seen before but I can guarantee you you haven't I have a new appreciation for not just the park but for the safari I totally agree with that it's it makes you think about it in a whole different light yeah. and we're gonna see more now right. when we go yeah. like I know I'm gonna see more I, even when I walk around one of the you know the things they tell you when you're walking just through the P- Pagani forest it's stuff I haven't seen before and I've walked through there I don't know how many times yeah, again, it's a an experience unlike any other because it's not like a guided backstage tour. You really feel as though you are on a trek. You are truly on an adventure, and it's something that uh, it's something that's truly memorable. For more information, you can call 407-WDW-TOUR. You can also go to DisneyWorld.com slash DisneyAfricaTrek. If anybody who's listening has had a chance to participate in this, I'd love to hear your reaction to it. And if you haven't, Post in the comments section for this week's show. Let me know what you think about the idea of the trek, of this type of experience, and if this is something that might entice you to do it. Stephanie, I think you made a great point. 
when you first hear about it, when you first see the price, you might say, I, I don't know, you know, it's expensive and what really am I going to get? Uh, I think seeing is believing. And we'll, again, I'm going to post a video sharing just some of what we had a chance to see over what was really more than a three-hour tour. It very much was far more than that. Um, it was an afternoon adventure, and it's something that I, I don't know if anything else this weekend can top that because that was it, the memories that I take from that, and not just you know being with Larson and being with you know my friends like Lou. It was really just being able to see something I don't know if I'll ever be able to see again. It's definitely definitely an experience that ranks up there. Steph and I are, are getting married here, and we had uh, a couple of weeks ago our, our menu tasting for our wedding, and I said that was probably one of the best dining experiences. <laughs> this ranks up there with one of the, the the best experiences I've ever had at Disney. It it really is. And I think you should bookend it with breakfast. They do the character breakfast at Tusker House. You go on the safari. You come off late lunch, early dinner at Yak and Yeti. Yeti, There you go. Done. Done. The perfect day at Disney's Animal Kingdom. And you know what? You haven't done a single attraction. It's very true. So there you go. So, guys, uh, thank you for joining me today, both on the adventure and to sort of recap it for the show. We're going to have you guys back again very soon, speaking about your wedding, to sort of uh, take us through that whole process. Stephanie Larson, this was, again... Like I said, a, a day to remember, an adventure to remember. Thank you so much, Louis. Fantastic. Thank you, and Quaharini. Oh, you got us. Oh, Asante Sana, again. <laughs> Egg roll and fried rice, baby. Egg roll and fried rice. Just saying. That's going to do it for this week's show. Thanks so much for taking the time and tuning in this and every week. Thanks also to my guests and fellow adventurers, Larson and Stephanie. As I mentioned in the review, I did post a video of the Wild Africa Trek, both on the YouTube channel, on the blog, and if you subscribe to the show via iTunes, you'll be getting that in your iTunes feed as well. If you don't subscribe to the show, please come by and do so over in iTunes. That'll give you all the podcasts, newscasts, and the videos as well. Obviously, there was huge Disney news this week, including updates on Fantasyland and, of course, the launch of the Disney Dream. I want to say thanks to everybody who watched the live broadcast that I did from Onboard Ship this past Wednesday and Thursday. We did tours, we checked out some venues, did some interviews, a lot more. If you missed any of it, you can find them all on the Ustream channel. I'll put a link in this week's show notes. I also did many more interviews and have lots more footage to share in the coming next few days and weeks. I've already posted a video of the Aqueduct, and I'll be sharing more audio and video content as well. Now, speaking of the dream, I am going to be back on the ship this Wednesday for the inaugural cruise so I can help prepare for our WDW radio cruise just about 40 days or so away. That being said, because the internet service is very, very spotty, sometimes non-existent on the ship, there's not going to be a WDW Radio live newscast this Wednesday. Normally, we do the live video broadcast and chat about Walt Disney World news and rumors every Wednesday at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time. Because I will be on board, I'm not going to be able to do it from the ship. Stay tuned to Twitter and to the Facebook page at facebook.com slash WDW Radio. I am going to try and do it possibly Tuesday night 
from Walt Disney World, if possible. You can check out www.newscast.com to watch or see the broadcast, or you can also check out the YouTube channel if you miss it live. There you can comment and discuss some more. That's youtube.com slash Radio. I am going to have complete coverage of the Disney Dream probably on the next show. And the reason why I didn't do it this week is this. There was so much to see in just a day and a half. I really want to be able to give you a full review and a discussion based not on what I saw during the christening and the media preview, but sailing as a guest on board. Like I said, I'm going to be on the inaugural. The first time Disney's going to have quote-unquote real guests I want to get to see and experience everything that I can and give a complete review for the audio podcast as well as share lots more video and other content as well. Speaking of our cruise, I think we're under 40 days now until we sail on the Disney Dream. Don't forget updates are being posted all the time on www.radiocruise.com including an outline of our itinerary. You're going to learn a lot more once I sail this week but you can find out about some of the activities we have planned, information on contests before and after the cruise. Lots more again at www.radiocruise.com. Don't forget that I want to make the show interactive, and you know I love hearing from you as well. You can email me anytime at lou at www.radio.com. If you want to be heard on the air, you can call the voicemail toll-free at 888-703-2171 with comments, questions, feedback, or just a hello from the parks. Visit www.radio.com. There's so much more than just the podcast there. There's blog posts, photos. You can get all the archived videos there. You can also come by and talk with other Disney fans in our fun, friendly, safe discussion forums. Sign up for our free email newsletter and find out all the different ways you can connect with me and the show through Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, lots more. Again, all that right on the homepage. If you recently found WDW Radio, Welcome, and don't forget that you can also find all the past episodes, not only on www.radio.com, but in iTunes. There you can also find all of our videos as well, and be sure and come by, subscribe to our YouTube channel. While you're on the site, don't forget you can also get signed copies of my Walt Disney World trivia books and order the audio guides to Walt Disney World either on CD or instant downloads. Still having a special, buy all five on CD and save on the total price. You'll find a link to the shop right on the right-hand side of the homepage of www.radio.com. While you're on the site, you can also find a link to Celebrations Magazine, the bi-monthly print publication where the Disney magic is delivered right to your door. It's from Tim Foster and myself, as well as a host of amazing contributors. Our 15th issue just came out this month. It features stories and pictorials on the Tree of Life, Yeehaw Bob, Dino Land, the making of Finding Nemo the Musical, the story behind the Pleasure Island plaques from Jim Corcus, Dinosaur, Tangled, Tron Legacy, much, much more. For more information to order individual or back issues or to subscribe, you can visit celebrationspress.com. Don't forget that if you come to Walt Disney World, hopefully you can make it to one of our WDW Radio Meets of the Month. We have casual meetups every month in Walt Disney World. The next is going to be on Saturday, February 26th, the day before we leave on the WDW Radio Cruise on the Disney Dream. It's going to be Saturday morning. Thought we would do it over outside the parks on the ba- on the boardwalk outside of Epcot. We'll meet in front of the Boardwalk Bakery. Not too early. We all have to get some rest before the cruise between the aqueduct, the shows, the food, the district, and the food. Sleep might not be something we're going to get a lot of once on board. 
because there is so much to do. So I thought maybe we're going to do uh, maybe around 9, 9.30 or so. We can have some breakfast, some coffee, get together. And again, if you don't have a, a park pass or if you have a seasonal pass, whatever it might be, it's a chance to, uh, to come to a meet without having to use a park ticket. For more information, visit DisneyMeets.com. There you'll also find information about upcoming events, not just the Meets of the Month, including our Adventures by Disney trip, the D23 Expo, what we're going to be doing for Destination D, lots more coming very, very soon, I promise. Thanks, as always, to my partners and sponsors, including Mouse Fan Travel. They are my official and recommended travel provider. They are also great friends because Becky and her team offer amazing levels of personal service and, of course, all the best possible prices and discounts on your Walt Disney World, Disneyland, Disney Cruise Line, or your Adventures by Disney Vacation. And if you're visiting Walt Disney World, looking to maybe rent a vacation home with a private pool, spa, kitchen, game room, multiple master bedrooms, lots more, you got to check out allstarvacationhomes.com. They have more than 150 beautiful homes within just a couple of miles of Walt Disney World. And if you want to stay in the heart of the Walt Disney World Resort, the Walt Disney World Swan and Dolphin not only has 17 world-class restaurants and lounges, I love Blue Zoo and Il Molino and Shula's, but they've got incredible guest rooms with the heavenly beds, luxurious Mandara Spa, lots of other Disney benefits. You can visit them over at swananddolphin.com. Finally, my friends, if you like the show, all I ask is that you please help spread the word. Let others know about it. Tweet out that you're listening. Share it on Facebook. Post it in the forums. Tell your friends. And if you want to, come by. Please review the show and the free WDW Radio iPhone app over in iTunes. And as always, my friends, and you are my friends, I so very much appreciate you taking the time and tuning in this and every week. So until next time, stay tuned for more videos coming out. Follow me over on Twitter and Facebook. And remember that I want you to start pursuing your passion and follow your dreams. And once you do, always, always keep moving forward. Stay inspired, my friends. Have a great week this week. See ya. Hello, Lou. It is Darlene from Western New York, Buffalo, to be exact. And it is now 40 days until the cruise. WDW Radio. Deck seven cool kids. Woohoo! Can't wait to see you guys and be going down the aqueduct in 40 days. Yay! See you guys soon. I need it. This weather is dreadful up in New York. So. I will chat with you guys soon. Have a magical day. Bye. Hi, Lou and WW Radio. This is Chad from the Bronx. Um, I just wanted to say it was a pleasure meeting you, Lou, um, pre-sunrise at the uh, marathon morning. Um, it was my first marathon. I, Looking back and listening to the post-marathon recap, I kind of wish I met the rest of the WDW running team, but I was really very nervous and not in a socializing mood for the pre-race. Um, it was my first marathon, and I didn't know if I was actually going to finish. But you said that um, starting is the hardest part, and I'd say, yes, starting was the hardest part, and probably the first two or three miles, too. But um, once the sun came up, and we ran to the Hickson Transportation Center, and ran under the Toronto Rail, I think that's when I kind of started picking up my pace, and didn't stop until I got through World Showcase. And uh wanted to thank you, and... It was a pleasure meeting you, and congratulations to all the finishers of all the races. It was really, 
an experience I'll never forget. And while I was training, I said to my wife, this is a one-and-done thing. I can't train like this. I really don't like running. Um, and once I do it, it'll be done. But I can't really submit to that. We'll see. Anyway, take care and keep up the great work. Bye. Hey, Lou. Todd from Jersey. Call him back again. And a couple comments on a couple different shows. Uh, first of all, I just finished listening to episode 202 about the UK Pavilion. And um, <clears throat> very interesting having people actually from the UK talking about the authenticity of what Disney actually did in the World Showcase. It's uh, an interesting perspective to see. And I think that's a great idea if you were able to do that for some of the other countries. That would be an awesome thing to listen to. I know I'd be interested in, and I'm sure a lot of other people would be interested in as well. Um, going back to the episode about the uh, sci-fi dining, um, what a memory about the what memory about the menu um, I recall from my honeymoon back in 2002. Something about spare ribs that were, I believe, marinated in Coca-Cola, or they were a Coca-Cola sauce or something like that. I do remember them being ridiculously soft and juicy and fall off the bone, and I don't think they have them anymore. Maybe to see another product of them kind of some of the more specialized things going away, which is a shame, but um, a good memory nonetheless. And finally, sorry to hear you're still feeling sick. I've been fighting stuff off. Everyone's been fighting stuff off. You'll be better soon enough, and uh, you keep putting out great stuff for us. We will listen to it no matter how bad you think you sound. It's Still music to our ears to hear all this Disney great stuff. So feel better and happy new year to yourself, your wife Deanna, and your kids. Uh, May 2011 bring you much more magic and uh, Disney, much more Disney to your life and to our lives. See ya. Hey Lou, this is Nick from Ithaca, New York, and I just am on my way back from an impromptu road trip to Louisiana, and I'm stuck in northern Alabama, and I've been listening to your podcast for the last few hours. But um, I just want to say thank you for all that you do, and you have your insight and the insight of people on your show. Most of Jim Corcus really made my recent trip to Disney World with my girlfriend a lot more enjoyable because I knew all these little secrets and, and little corners to get into that um, most people didn't seem to know. So thank you very much for keeping me sane in Alabama in this wonderful little snowstorm I'm in, and I hope you have a great new year. Bye. Hey, Lou, Ronnie B. in Birmingham, Alabama here. Uh, just calling to check in with you. Got out to uh, see Tron over the weekend. What an awesome movie. Uh, just super cool visual effects. The soundtrack done by Daft Punk, which I'm a fan of in, in real life, was, a, uh, was an awesome thing to hear in IMAX. But uh, I'd encourage anybody that hasn't seen yet to go check it out. It's a pretty cool uh, depiction of what Disney's got going on nowadays. Have a good one. Thanks for doing what you do. Keep the show up. 